In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you living the victorious Christian life? Have you ever been asked that question before? Many times those asking this question are offering to help you overcome sin and live a holy and godly life. For Christians certainly face sin and the dangers of sin in this world. We're under attack and led into temptation. And we shouldn't be embracing such. The question then is, what happens when you face those dangers and struggles? Do you overcome them or do you fall victim to them? The victorious Christian life is painted as one where you do not give in to the devil, the world, or your sinful flesh. The victorious Christian is one where the fruits of the spirits are ever present and the sins of the flesh are absent. The victorious Christian life means no backsliding and never being defeated by any temptation or enemy of God. Christ is able to overcome all such enemies, so if you are overcome by one of these enemies, then the problem must be that Christ is not supreme in your life and heart. This is what is most often being offered and spoken about when a preacher asks if you are living the victorious Christian life. And today we see that St. Paul flat out disagrees with this picture. Paul spoke about how we were ruled over by sin in Romans 5 and of the justification and the reign of grace that Christ Jesus brought. In Romans 6, Paul addressed how we were set free from sin through the death of Christ given to us in baptism. When he gets to chapter 7, Paul speaks about our relationship to the law before our death in Christ and after our death in Christ. He specifically talks about how sin worked through the law to produce death in us because sin used the law to deceive us. That is, sin presented the commandments to us as the way to become righteous. If one does these things, then you will fulfill the law well enough to please God and obtain a good verdict from him. This was how Paul once lived as a Pharisee before he knew God. In verses 11, 7 to 11, Paul speaks about how he tried to be justified through the law. You'll see him saying, I and me, several times as he speaks in the past tense about how sin deceived him so that he misused the law to obtain holiness only to find more and more death and judgment against himself. This is indeed the predicament of many in the world. They think they can be good enough to please God and obtain eternal life with him. How many people confess that they think they are good enough 
or that they have done well enough. They're fairly confident or at least think they're probably going to heaven. This is the deception that sin has worked. Now Paul moves from recounting his own past struggle to reaffirming the goodness of the law and how sin is a major function of that law. The law helps us diagnose our sin problem. This brings us to our text today where Paul continues to talk about himself, but he speaks in the present tense. He speaks about his new life in Christ and his relationship to the law now. Notice how Paul says, I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Romans 7, 14. Paul acknowledges the reality that he is still in his sinful flesh. It still exists. He still struggles with it. It is his flesh. And because his flesh still exists, he faces a battle daily. He wants and wills to do good. This Paul calls the inner man or my inner being. Romans 7, 22. This is the new creation that God has worked in Paul. The new life God has brought forth, giving birth to in you. But Paul finds a problem. He strives and tries to do good, but sin still exists in his body. His sinful flesh is not yet gone, not on this side of heaven. So Paul finds that while he is willing to do good, he, he fails and falls and falters. He truly wants to do what is right, but sinful actions continue to come out of him. Paul says this is because sin is dwelling in him. It's not a sign that he isn't a Christian or that he is particularly prone to defeat or that the new birth that Christ has given him, that new birth that God has worked in him hasn't been done. No, it's because his body still houses sin. You cannot unhouse sin by any measure of righteousness or good works in his life. Nor is it that he somehow failed to make Jesus Lord of his life or that he dethroned Jesus. He is Christ's servant. The problem is that sin has not yet been cast out of his body. No longer does sin reign or rule in him, but it does struggle against the reign and rule of Christ. And it ever seeks to use the law to entrap you or me back under sin. Thus Paul is warning us about two dangers here. First, he's warning us not to fall into the trap of self-righteousness. We escaped that trap already. That is what we used to live under when we thought we were good enough to go to heaven. That danger still exists for the Christian. That we would be deceived by the idea that we can somehow obtain a righteousness and holy life ourselves and no longer struggle with sin before Jesus returns. Second, Paul is warning us not to give in to the struggle on the other side either. Some people have reasoned that because sin exists in my flesh and I cannot defeat it, I might as well give in to it. After all, Christ will forgive me. 
But this is not the Christian life either. Embracing those sinful desires is wrong. Doing evil is wrong. Christ died to set you free from this. This means we need to be in the struggle and in the fight against our flesh. This is what Paul also makes clear. We are in battle. Do not give in. Oh, but I keep on failing and faltering and making mistakes. I keep on sinning. My Christian life seems to have plateaued. Or worse, I'm backsliding. I've made so much progress, but now I'm slipping back into old habits. I've gone backwards. Here Paul would acknowledge that some of this is the plight and struggle of every Christian. Now by saying this, I am not, nor is Paul, endorsing any sin. No, quite the opposite. We're arguing that you should continue fighting against sin and that you should not embrace it. And as Paul says elsewhere, some sins are more harmful to you and others, not only in earthly consequences, but also in their impacts on your faith. What we're saying is that the continual failure to live a victorious Christian life, that is a life conquering over sin in your deeds and body, that such failure is part of the normal Christian struggle. It afflicted St. Paul. It afflicts me and it afflicts you. There's no Christian who doesn't face this struggle and there's only one answer to this struggle. There's only one place of rest and it's not found in you or in your Christian living or even in how well you give your life or heart to Christ. Listen to St. John who writes in chapter 5 verses 4 to 5 of his first epistle. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Notice how St. John points us to Christ, who is the content and object of our faith. This is the same place St. Paul points us, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul and John do not point to victorious Christian living in our body, but to trusting in Christ Jesus. The victory is Christ's victory, and the delivery from the body of flesh is yet to come. That victory, though, is lived and experienced in faith. It is the present and coming reality. It is now our victory, and it will be our victory. We have the salvation and new life of Christ already, and no longer live under sin's reign and rule. We live under Christ's grace and forgiveness, under his reign and rule, but sin is still part of the reality of our bodies. So we cannot look to ourselves or to our life. We dare not trust in our circumstances or our abilities. Instead, we turn our eyes to Christ Jesus. 
We look to our Savior and Redeemer, for we need him just as much today as we did when sin ruled in our lives. We still need him to fight sin for us because he alone wins and overcomes. And thank the Lord that he stands offering us true rest in this world. He calls and offers us rest from our labors. Not that we should slack off in doing good or that we do not have work in our vocations. He gives us the rest that only he can deliver. His victorious life for us. You heard his call today in our gospel text. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Just as you did not need to labor to earn God's favor and forgiveness before you came to faith, you do not need to labor to obtain his continued favor or mercy. In fact, you cannot do the works of the law to become righteous. Sin makes it impossible to live a holy life in all your deeds, and God knows this. So Christ Jesus gives you his completed work in victory. He gives you his death and resurrection. He gives you his perfect life. He gives you rest by doing everything for you. Even today, your victory is not in your flesh, but in Christ Jesus. It's in his blood shed for you and his resurrection for you. He gives you his in the flesh victory. The victory he had on this earth, as Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. See? See, he has overcome the world, not you. And yet you do overcome in Christ, just as the apostle John said. So receive his strength and victory. You have it already in baptism. Return to that promise. Return to his word spoken there. His word of rest and peace. His word that your sins have been crucified with him and you are a new person. You have a new life. You're under his reign and rule. You have true rest. And also receive his rest. That you do not have to do anything to be right with God. Receive his rest when you eat and drink at his table. Here he comes to you continually to hand out his rest and respite in this challenging world. Because you will fall and falter. He gives you his rest and peace again as you partake of his meal of life. And then... Go forth rested, refreshed, and forgiven, and continue to stand and fight against sin. Not because you have to win, for Christ already has, but because you belong to Christ now, and you stand against the enemy with him. Do not embrace your sin. Even when you fall into defeat, but turn away from it and look to your Savior, 
Christ Jesus. He will set you free and restore you. He is your stronghold. Return to him. Who else delivers you from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.